With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome back to the boys of 161st Street, episode 212. Today is June 30th, and the Yankees have swept the Athletics and dropped the first game against the Astros, first and only game against the Astros. They have a one-game set because they were making it up from the game that was missed in the uh, just because the season was delayed by like a game or two. So uh, they are now moving on to who? Who are they playing next? guardians they're playing the guardians who are red hot right now i I saw i saw a funny thing uh the twins announcers who have been uh hot mics galore this season the twins announcers this time were they were walked off by the guardians i know last night and tonight i'm not sure what happened in the first game i'm assuming they just won that game but they were walked off in both of those games and the twins announcer was just like and we have had the ball is like as as the ball is like going over the fence like and we have had enough of the guardians for for now and <laughs> that was just so funny because obviously there's the Nestor nickname that the twins announcer had said and then there's the other one where it was like yeah no uh framil reyes he's he's not in the minors to uh no. for anything he or so no is like when he's not in the minors uh for you know performance he's just fat <laughs> so i thought it was just funny because the Maybe tune into a couple Twins games because you might be surprised what they say. And surprisingly, they do still have jobs. So, um, but the Yankees. an announcer for Major League working for them. It does. It seems like that, honestly. Um, so the Yankees take care of business against the worst team in baseball in the athletics. And they drop a not great one against the Astros. Sevy got into a little trouble there in, in one of the innings in that ended up being the difference there. But before we get into a little bit, we have a loaded show for everybody today. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Chalkboard. Go ahead and join our, our fantastic group chat. We got 500 people, 500 just fantastic Yankee fans in the group chat, just chatting it up with us during the games. Um, it's in the link in our, in our bio and the podcast description. Just go anywhere. Uh, smash that link. Join the group chat. It's a lot of fun. It's a really fun app that actually helps you sync. You get to sync your bets from any of your preferred sports books. And we chat about bets. We sweat them out together. We put picks in there so you guys can make some money. Not from me, not from anybody here. Honestly, we're not very good at gambling. We just have fun doing it. And uh, yeah, we, we use it as a game day group chat during the games. And it's it's always firing in there. So check out the link in our bio, link in the podcast right here. And uh, go join. How you doing, Recently, fellas? Uh... Recently re- refreshed my uh, chalkboard. It was linked, but it hadn't, you know, like synced or whatever for a while. Very happy to say that in the last two months, I am doing much better than I was in the previous 
three months. Since somebody somebody called me out. In New York. Yeah, somebody called me out. They're like, you are a terrible gambler. It's like, yeah, that's... Well, no, because I, I I put something in the group chat, and I was just like, oh, this is free money. It was like probably Stanton during one of the hot streaks, which actually I think it did hit, but I was saying this is free money, and then he, would just, he just screenshotted, he just completely put me on blast, screenshotted my... Because it, it gives you like your your betting metrics, and my last thirty days were like minus seven hundred dollars. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, take whatever he says with a grain of salt, and he'd be correct. But I did hit that day, and it was a lot of fun. But how you doing, fellas? Before we dive into the Yankees, uh, I'm I'm okay. I wish that uh, wish that today would have gone a little better. But you know, I can't really complain that much since I got into a little trouble. I thought he looked okay, but you know. Outside of that, I can't complain. Going on vacation. That'll be fun. Going to go watch the best shortstop in Yankee history, Didi Gregorius, play down in Philly this weekend. So, you know, happy as could be. Yep, staring down the barrel of a four-day weekend. Couldn't be better. I'm actually not going anywhere. I've been going all kinds of places. People at work are like, they they we had like a company-wide call, and they were just like, where's Luke Rella going? And I was like, honestly, nowhere. I'm just kind of sitting, sitting home. I, haven't had one of those weekends, so uh, we'll see how the city is during Fourth of July. I feel like it's going to be pretty empty. Nobody's nobody's going to be here, but we'll see if they might have some fireworks. That'd be fun. You will be. Um, where do you guys want to start? Talk about the A's. That would be a good starting point. It's a nice sweep. It's positive. Came back a couple times. I don't know. That's I. Any objections to starting there? Anybody that series. To? was so interesting to me just because I didn't know what was going to happen because we were coming off an iffy series with the Astros and then you go up against an out-of-division team that's terrible and, you know, you can kind of – I think I said this on the last episode, let your foot off the gas, and it kind of seemed like we did that and got away with it. I would say the biggest storyline of that series is J.P. Sears. Again, comes up, what does it give you, five, six innings of no-run baseball just dominating again and – you could make the case that he looked like our best starter over that week. I mean, Tyone had a shaky start, had traffic on the bases the whole game. He settled in, whatever. But, uh, you know, who, who threw the first game? I can't even remember off the top of my head, which is bad radio, but whatever. Um, but I know we were trailing that first game, too, and we came back, and we won 9-5, but at one point we were down 5-2. So, I, I don't know. I, I think that J.P. Sears was kind of the bright spot, and I think that's something to look forward or look forward to, you know, in the upcoming years. I think it says a lot that you can send down a guy that has looked that dominant in both of his appearances, and you're not losing any depth. You're not really losing anything. It's a shame to see him go, obviously. Just you want as many good arms as you can, but with the bullpen limits and stuff like that, there's there's only so much you can do. But he's done more than enough in filling in that spot starter role that was kind of Luis Eels. Whenever he went down, it kind of came up as a question mark, especially with, you know, we were talking about our last episode. You've got Nestor who's never thrown over 100 innings. You've got Tyone who's never really thrown a full season outside of last year. And even then it was kind of limited. You got Seve who's coming off three years missing. So we were going to need those spot starts. And when Heel went down, it kind of, put that into question, especially with Clark coming up and down, working out of the pin, stuff like that. So I think Sears, to me, is the biggest storyline. I don't know. So far, I'm good with how they're handling him in terms of, you know, having him come up, spot start, send him down, rather than have, filling the bullpen sort of role that Clark Schmidt's been doing. Let him go down to AAA, stretch him out, let him be a true starter, 
rather than trying to force him into the bullpen because that's easy to do when you have a 26-year-old with that kind of stuff. But it's kind of crazy that Katie Sharp tweeted it out. J.P. Sears, the first pitcher in Yankees history to have five scoreless innings pitched, allowing three hits or fewer in each of his first two starts, and then he gets sent down the next day. Like that just says volumes on the depth of this rotation and the depth of the bullpen that they're able to do that. Obviously they can't just have him keep coming up and going back down forever, but for now he's doing everything you ask of him. I mean, he outbattled Frankie Montas, future Yankee Frankie Montas. So I, uh, there you go. Do you really think we're going to get Frankie Montas? Cause I asked you that before and you, you said some astronomical percentage that you think is the chance we have to get Frankie Montas. I didn't say anything astronomical. I'd say to get Montas or Castillo, I would say 50-50 at this point. You really think I'd say he's we're a, gonna, top, we're he's get a top three I think target. they're going to put chips in, and if they don't, then shame on them because this is the best team that we've seen in 12, 13 years. If you don't push the chips in with this team, then that's a catastrophic failure on the front office. And I think that's interesting that you, that you say that, because, and I agree. I think it's interesting because – you know, when you look at a team like this, that's so goddamn good. A lot of people might think that the narrative may be that we're good. Like we're clearly this good. If it ain't broke, don't, don't fix it. Or we just don't need extra pieces, but it's actually very much the opposite. It's like, if you see this crack of an opportunity to win a world series, which clearly everybody knows the narrative with the Yankees, we haven't done it in 10 plus years at this point. If, if there's a crack in opportunity that we are, I mean, every day, day in, day out, potentially making history like I have a couple more historic nuggets that we'll get into in a second here but like this team's obviously special so I mean the fact when you you bring that up and I'm more bought into the fact that I do think even though our our starters have been so good this year obviously they've been shaky as of late and I don't want people to think that we're overreacting to a couple bad starts from JMO Nestor a couple bad starts as well I was gonna say come back down to earth but he's been so good for so long that you can't say that's not fair to say to him and all these like just people not having as dominant of starts as they did earlier in the season. That's not us saying that we are freaking out and need to go get a top flight arm because of that. It does it maybe help help us lean that way a little bit? Yeah, it does show that we we aren't bulletproof in the starting pitching and there is opportunity to grow there and depth obviously is never a bad thing, and especially in the playoffs with starters going to the bullpen and all that kind of stuff. We talked about it last time. Uh, Nestor potentially going to the bullpen. I don't I don't think I'm quite ready to say that yet, but if we do bring in a Castillo or something like that, it may be beneficial to us to have him put out there, but I don't know. That's a conversation here's for another think, time. Here's what I think is going to end up happening, and you know what? It has nothing to do with our starting pitching now. Even if they were all pitching to the level they were at the beginning, I still don't think it's crazy to think you go out and get that. Look at the Astros. They went out and got... Grinky and Cole and Verlander, and they're just stacking and stacking. Look at the Dodgers last year. They go out and get Trey Turner. These are teams that were already good and making World Series pushes, but they understand that if you want to win a title, you can't just sit there with what you have. You have to go for If you have that window, you have to go for the throat, and you have to add a piece like that. And I don't think, I, I don't think it's crazy to think that come October, you're going to have Cole, Seve, one of those top flight starters that are available, Castillo, Montas, whatever. And then if it's elimination game, you'll have Cole going on three, three days rest. If not, you're going to have some piggyback version of Nestor, JMO, and Monty in any order. You say what you want, but I think that's kind of the route they're going to take come playoff time. 
and I, that's all, you know, dependent on them getting one of these starters, but I really do think they are. I, it would not shock me one bit if we come August 2nd, I think is the deadline. If August 3rd, we've got a new two to three starter, we have a new left fielder and we have a new reliever. There's maybe some sort of David Robertson, Andrew Benatendi and Montez. I think they're really going to do it this year. And if they don't, like I said, that's, that is a huge, huge failure on the front office. That is a big black mark. And if they, I will say this, if they don't add anybody and they don't win the World Series, that is a failure big enough in the front office to warrant questioning people's jobs. With how so good what do you say? With how good this so, team is, you have to. If you don't, then you – that's inexcusable. It is absolutely inexcusable, especially in a year like this where you're breaking records and you're on all these paces to do whatever. You can't sit by and just be like, all right, we're good enough. No, you're not. You're not good enough. We've talked about you're never good enough. There's no the 2001 way. Mariners that won 100 and whatever games weren't good enough. Exactly. The regular season really doesn't matter. It, it'll help you determine what you need. Sure. You mean to and, tell me there's no weakness on contenders? There are. It doesn't matter who you are. You can get better. And if you have that opportunity to get better in any position, I don't care if we had, if Gallo turned out to be an all-star and Hicks was playing up to his contract, you could still get better. If all of our starters were still doing what they were doing, you can still get better. You can add a piece that's going to help you in October. There's somebody in that lineup that's replaceable every day, and there's somebody out there that's replaceable by somebody on a bad team who's outperforming their contract or outperforming their team or whatever the case may be. You have to add somebody. All contenders do it for the most part. Obviously, there's you know exceptions to every rule, but if you're a true contender, you go out and you you get that last piece and you go for the jugular, in my opinion. If they can sit back and they win a World Series, fantastic. And I'll sit here and be the first person to tell you I'm wrong. But I I don't care how they're playing. I don't care if they don't lose a game by the All-Star break from here on out. I think you still have to go add something. You have to just do whatever you can to make sure you get through October. So I'm with you. I agree we have to add something. But come the deadline, realistically – you can't expect them to fill three different positions in the same deadline with the best available op- like option. I don't, They're not going to bring in Montas, Benatendi, and Bednar. You know, it's no, going to no, be no. it's going to be like maybe. David Robertson. And then, but where does David Robertson like who? Who's David Robertson ERA. better than in our bullpen? Licky. He. Clark we need Schmidt a lefty. And- you need him. For for being a lefty, he's another. He's Lucas another. Lucas not going to throw righty in the playoffs. I agree with you, but I don't think David Robertson would either if he replaces Licky. I mean, I'm David not saying Robertson it's a bad option. I love David Robertson. Seasons. He's putting together one of the best seasons of a reliever this year. Sure, but I'm, I mean, he, not he sure. Just true. I don't know. I don't see that. But I I'm I see Montas. I see Castillo. But starting pitching is our deepest position right now and that was just proven by jp sears coming up and throwing as well as he did and then just to be sent down and it's not like he's a young guy that you're trying to save he's 26 like he could be in the major leagues he just but doesn't deep. have a spot so they're gonna get what happens if you bring in another starter nestor probably goes to the bullpen because he's a jackknife like we mentioned it's but true. more realistically you're looking at a position player if you're gonna really pony up for somebody at the deadline and where do we need positions outfield. we need outfield and we need shortstop and i am a known benintendi stand and if he comes here 
don't care how good he is. I will never like him. I will root for him. Oh, I will Stan not like him. Then. Uh, Stan is the opposite. Stan means you, yeah. Stan means you're you you'll make an account like hoodie Ben attendee and <laughs> and you know, I'll, I'll I'll never like him. I love Ben attendee. Is the point. But here's so here's an idea. Fair enough. Here's an idea. Brian Reynolds. Yeah. Why the hell not? He just signed an extension. Did he really? A couple of the names, and and this may be a better conversation than just spewing uh, names with no idea of what their extension situation looks like. What position? I know, but what position do you think that we we should prioritize more? Given that you just said Murph, starting pitching is one of our biggest strengths and our deepest position. I I think one thing before I move on on that is like deep to me is I don't I wouldn't consider two things. There's two meanings of depth for a rotation. Yeah, adding JP Sears to that mix and seeing what he can do is definitely a deep uh, deep cut in the position, but I don't think that's depth when it comes to a playoff rotation. I think that it's nice to see that we have that depth in the farmer slash a guy that can make these spot starts. I don't think that adds depth. I think I meant, adding though. depth... I know, but what I'm saying is I think that having a guy like JP Sears and everything like that doesn't necessarily make me any less likely to want to go get a Castillo and get a Montas and get something like that in. It's great to get you through the regular season. Exactly. And that's why I'm saying, do you think out of all the positions out there, there's clear needs. Like I think this conversation, this conversation is better served as, as deciding what, what position you, because here's the thing. We're probably going to put all the chips in on one player and then get a few ancillary pieces. Like maybe it may not be a David, Robertson, but it a David Robertson like player, a, a low cost guy, yeah. maybe end of his career to do that. So I would say if you could choose one position to go all in, push all the chips in, put high prospects into, would it be outfield, starting pitching, or reliever? Outfield, without a doubt. We're getting it. Well, outfield. look at we it. We have to. Judge may or may not come back next year. He's not. Gallo sucks. Hicks sucks. Stanton is. Obviously good, and we have him for a long time, but how long is he going to be a viable outfielder? Who knows? And we don't have that many great outfield prospects. So whether it's through free agency or through – huh? Our outfield prospects are pretty loaded, no? Not not loaded. Shortstop's loaded. We've got way more pitching. Locke, Florial, and who? Uh, Pariah is even in the top 20. His name is he's like the number two or three yeah. prospect. No, he's like, I don't he's even in think the he's top, top five, maybe top 10. And yeah, we've sure. Got, but we've got like that, that's three, but none of them the top 20. Other than Jason Dominguez, who obviously we failed to mention is the only one in the <laughs> top 100 in our system. I don't think Florio is going to turn into anything personally. And I don't think he's they're willing to take a gamble around. On him. At there's this point. there's room. There's going to, if especially if Judge doesn't come back, which obviously we pray to God doesn't happen. There's going to be plenty of room for an outfielder to stick around. So, and also Brian Reynolds is not signed; he's signed through 2023, 2025. so for six million dollars. That was twenty twenty five. Twenty twenty three. Like Ar- two years of arbitration after that. Yeah. So that means oh wait, yeah, they yeah. locked up Key Brian Hayes, but yeah, no, they locked up Brian Reynolds. Not long, but they gave him a two year extension through the twenty twenty. Three season. That was 20. Whatever. Either way. Either. Well, yeah, but that makes him a trade option. It, it does matter because they sign him to seven, eight years for 10 million, 15 million each. Then he's not going anywhere, probably. But I just don't know. You know, if you look at 
especially when they're bringing up. I mean, all of it doesn't matter. The whole point is they need to get they need to get an outfielder. They need to get they need to push the chips in and improve somewhere because there are holes in this lineup. There are holes in the rotation. There are holes in the bullpen. It doesn't matter how good your record is. Where's the hole in the rotation? Not, I'm not saying a hole like it's a lost cause, but you can imp- you can improve the rotation oh, okay. factor fiction. Yeah, yeah, I agree. There, it's not you don't have you know the Mets in 2015 of Matt Harvey and Syndergaard and Degrom. Not where that's not what we're working with here. There is some way to improve this team in every facet. Go out and do one of them, and that maybe that one's the one that makes a difference. I'm not saying you need to go out and get. Uh, everything across the board. My whole point is, if you're serious about winning a World Series this year, which you damn sure should be, because Judge is not coming back. I don't I know mean, that that we can even. I'm just pre- I'm prepping myself mentally. <laughs> he's coming back. So he, I think he's coming I'm back. I'm prepping myself for it because if it blindsides me, that I'm never going to recover. So that's what that is. Here's my thing. But I don't. I don't think that they're going to make a move or not make a move with that in mind. I think that's gonna, that's a separate problem. I don't think they're going to prep for him leaving. I don't think we're at a point yet where we know that for sure. Chandler, you think he's leaving. I don't think I don't think the Yankees are going to not get an outfielder because they're like Judge is coming back or go get an outfielder because they're like, "Ah, Judge is not coming back." No, it's that's not, not whether or not it'll be a rental back, regardless. They yeah. still need one. But that's I should have I mean. led with this when I started this conversation, but Frankie Montas seems like the textbook kind of guy that's going to come to a Yankees team that's competing for a World Series midseason like for some reason maybe it's just a gut thing he just seems to fit that mold so I wouldn't be that surprised if he does come over but like Chandler actually let me ask you this Chandler let me answer it for you if Frankie Montas comes over what do you think is more realistic that we give up one of the five guys in our bullpen right now or in our rotation right now or that somebody most likely Nestor gets moved to the bullpen. That's what's going to, that's, I mean, I think that's inevitable is that one of that probably Nestor is going to go back to a long reliever role. And I'm fine with that. It's not anything that he's done. He doesn't, it's not a demotion for him. That's the one thing I want to make clear. It's not, I'm not saying that our rotation's weak and that these guys are better served in the bullpen. That's a damn good problem to have if you're moving Nestor there I'm saying Nestor goes there just solely because he has the experience out of the bullpen and he's got kind of that funky delivery or whatever that can kind of fool a lineup one time through and that can hold up over a playoff series over the course of a season we haven't seen him do it for 100 plus innings in a year I'm not saying he can't. He probably can't. I have faith that he could. If we didn't get a starter, I don't think it's the end of the world. I think an outfield is a musket. I think you have to go get a left fielder or a true center fielder. I know Judge is awesome. That's not the point here. I'm saying you need to go get an outfielder. That is priority one. If you don't get a starter, I don't really care. I think that's, that's what I was cool. saying. Is like I what would you prioritize if you had one position to get like a a diamond player in, and then the rest were like silver bronze players that we do get at the trade line because there probably will be multiple moves. Yeah. You gun to your head or picking outfield? Absolutely, have to. Murph, we all we haven't. I I also pick outfield. We haven't really discussed shortstop, probably because there's not a lot of realistic shortstop targets out there, and you have a lot in the system that you would need somebody short contract one year, let them go. But if they were serious about shortstop, they would have done it in December, January. Yeah, I, and I, I, I here for two years. And I, if I, I'm be, if I'm being honest, I I said this off air a little bit. Um, I, I'm not upset with IKF. I, and I was talking about it just specifically because I think 
you know, we gave him a lot of shit last episode um, for mo- mainly good reason. I mean, he is, has a very low OPS. He obviously has a right, decent batting average, like 267 right now, but he hits no home runs, which obviously isn't a big deal. It's not the only deal, but, you know, he wasn't playing great defense. He made a fantastic play today and then another great play. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just think when you look at this team and you look at World Series teams, you look at players that just have their role, like, a, you know, he just, he has that role. He, like, he has speed. He hits singles when you we might need it. It's just, like, not every player is going to be Aaron Judge. Not every player is going to be Giancarlo Sant. Not every player is going to be Glaber. Like, you're going to have players that just do their job, and he does do some jobs, and that's why I just, like, I, I, you don't need to just be like, okay, yeah, ICAF isn't an elite all-star player, but he's he's a player. Like, he, he can... He definitely can have an impact on this team, and I, I think I'm very okay with that. So that's why I'm saying there's no need at all to talk about shortstop when there's other bigger gaps that we need to fill. And I think, going back to my question to you guys, whether I would push the chips into outfield or pitching, I, I want I know the real answer should be outfield, but I kind of would prefer to put the, the chips into pitching just because all of the championship teams are teams that have like ridiculously dominant pitching. And you look at all these teams that are, that actually make it far. And like, you also look at the teams that we would match up against in the playoffs and potentially this would be a really fun pipe dream to have a subway series world series, but we would have to go through, the Mets at some point with Max Scherzer, DeGrom, and like you, you want to have the depth because we don't have the guys at the top that could match a DeGrom and Scherzer. But if we have the depth with a bunch of players, and this is this kind of goes to what I was talking about earlier off air too, is that when you look at the Cy Young watch right now, all of our guys have dropped out of the top five. But my question to you guys on this too, it's more rhetorical because it's it's kind of obvious, is that. There's none of ours in the top five. It's McClanahan, Verlander, Manoa, Cease, Gosman in the AL. I would honestly prefer it this way, that you know we don't have any in the top five as a top flight, one single arm, but all five of our guys are within the top 20, I'd say. So that as a rotation, then if you add one more, being a Castillo and just another solid above average arm, I'd rather have the whole bullpen be very solid above average. So any given day, if some guy doesn't have it, because even your top guy may not have it. He might win Cy Young that year, but one game he could be off and get rocked in the playoffs. And then if that happens, you have a guy that can just clean up after him, like a Nestor who can come in and pitch the entire game basically. And that's how the playoffs go. So like, that's why I almost would rather just absolutely get an just an embarrassment of riches at starting pitching, just because if somebody gets hurt also, that's an issue that we've dealt with in the past that could very well happen with a bunch of guys, like we said, that haven't pitched this much in their entire career let alone in the past three years or two years, I just think it wouldn't be a bad thing to just have way too much. That'd be a champagne problem. And to your point, like you're right because the Dodgers had that. Yeah. The Blue Jays have that now. And uh, those giants teams that that were amazing always had it. Yeah. The Astros had that, whatever. So you're right. But you also just asked like three different rhetorical questions that we could go into a little bit more depth on. So I want to reel it back to IKF before Chandler explodes over there. I'm not going to explode. I I don't uh, hate IKF, contrary to popular belief. I just like, he deserves the criticism he gets. Yeah, I I mean, nobody thinks he's an all-star. Yeah, he has a role. That's it. 
He yeah, really. but he, he's a, he's a, he's a utility shortstop, yep. or a utility player more than he's a starting shortstop. He especially in New York. ICAF is not a major league caliber everyday starting shortstop. Fact. He is a utility infielder. But it doesn't yep. matter. That's the thing. The team's good enough, and he does an okay enough job. The team is good enough to where it masks that enough to where it's not an issue. If this was last year and he was doing that, we'd be calling for his head, but it's not. And it's fine because he does the things that we've been pitching about for years. He puts the ball in play. He's fast. He serves a role, like you said. That's why he gets by being below average, and that's fine. That is perfectly fine. Not every team in the world is going to have you know, 25, 26 MVPs. It is what it is. I don't care. Like, I'm not calling for his head i understand his role on this team but does he deserve the criticism he gets most of the time yeah I'm with yeah you. I, i'm with you too i just i just think that Look, he's, a, he's a role example. player I, can we move on from we ikf watching, everybody knows watching. how we all feel about it no well, you yeah, well that's what you started time. it with and then you yeah. went on so we needed to address that so. all right let's move on to what because i was it saying is. Yeah, so what you were saying is true. Like, it, I mean, it's one thing to have a deep rotation, and it's quite another thing to have like a three-headed dragon rotation with Scherzer, DeGrom, and whoever the hell. So, yeah, if you can do that, great. But I don't know. There's other things that need to be addressed, and yeah, I, I do I think know. I do think that. I mean, it, at this point, it's either. Those pitchers that I mentioned before, Castillo, Montas, or the only outfielder I can really think of is Benatendi. Like, is there any other Hap, outfielder? Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, Hap, Benatendi. Hap. Hap's good. I really Very. like I would. I think, I think Castillo and Montas are more elite at their position than those outfielders are at theirs. Santander, switch hitter. I mean. Could be. Hap's putting together. Just an incredible season. Another switch hitter, also, and power hitter. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it's more interesting to, at this point, also, to, to talk about you know what position we would want because it's it's still pretty far out to be like pinpointing specific players that we want on the team. Obviously, rumors will float around. Month we'll, away. I know it's a month away, but I, I think at this point, instead of continuing to go down this rabbit hole of trying to predict who we'll get, I think. That's, well, that's not, the, we've had the conversation. We're not trying to predict. We're trying I to see. We're, I mean, we, yeah. we love having the trade deadline conversation because it opens up the can of worms that, you know, it, it identifies deeper holes in the team and what we need, whatever. So it's a, it's a conversation we need to have. But my whole thing is I don't, I'm not trying to predict specific positions. I'm just saying that we've hit the point in the season where it's you kick it into full fucking gear and you go for it. And you, this is the first time in a while that we've been able to look at this team heading into July, say it's time to put the foot on the gas, step on the throat, just fucking end it. You need to go get that dagger piece. That's all I'm getting at. And whatever position that is, I don't care, but go make a move and prove to me that you want it. Go get that outfielder. Yep. Go get the starter. Go get a David Bednar if you want to add to the bullpen. Yeah. Go make a splashy move and prove to me that you want to, in this thing this year, the drought ends in 2020, 2022. And that's, that's honestly, you do it. that's a piece that I also like, I was just making the, the argument for the starting pitching to be the thing that you push the chips in for. I say that, but I also wouldn't be upset if it was anything like, like you said, if it's a Bednar, if it's not even outfield or starting pitching and you get fucking David Bednar, that's just adding because you're, you're adding anything 
to a team that's already on pace to win the most games that ever have touched the fucking field. Like it's it's wild. So at, and that's I think a luxury that we've afforded ourselves only and not any other team. Any other team, I think you really do have to hone in on which like that question that I asked you guys, which one would you push your chips in on? I think every other team is needs to hit that on the nose way more than we do because we're already that good that adding anything makes you even better. Whereas everybody else has specific holes that they really need to fill. Like our holes are holes for sure. But we, I mean the other areas in the team, like an MVP caliber judge uh, still in the, you could still put Garrett Cole in the conversation for Cy Young. I know we'll get to that in the second for rounding third, but like we, you add these star power, but we haven't even talked about this yet. The fact that, the three players on the Yankees right now have a chance to hit 40 home runs combined in Rizzo, Stanton, and Judge. It's just like that's only been done three times in the history of baseball. And that's why with all of this star power, you can afford to just not, you know, specifically you can you can deal with Gallo being out there. Gallo is a great outfielder. You can just have him be that role guy and hope that he figures it out. I mean, he's going through a tough skid right now. We might get have a son conversation with him in a second, but my understanding he's as good as gone uh, it's from everything that i've yeah. seen that he's gone at the deadline to someone for anything but you know what, what would you get for up, him nothing and that's fine you just need to he, you might a little bit it's I'm... not gonna work out for him here it's not and that's it's sad i don't think that his career is over i don't think he's a terrible player he's just not made for new york he's it is what it is i haven't i will say this about him i've never seen a guy this universal this not universally but this bad that's so loved because everybody yeah. here still cheers for him. Everybody's if somebody's this bad, you usually get the like, holy shit, man, get this guy out of town. Now it's like, fuck, I feel bad. I, I feel bad for Gallo. Like he came to New York and his career just went in a 90 degree angle straight down. Everybody's just like, fuck, man. Like I really wanted it to work out for this guy. And they still cheer for him. And you could hear it watching on TV, going to the game every time he's up to the plate. You know, they're chanting his name, Joey Gallo, Joey Gallo, Joey Gallo. He's in the outfield. They're chanting his name just randomly, just throughout the game, and they'll strike out and they boo him, whatever, but every, they're always back. And I, I don't yeah. know. It, it, it's see, sad to see it that way because everybody's rooting for him, but it just his time in New York is coming to an end. I think. And it's, it's sad that because he seems like he really likes being here too, and he, he really fits, like, the culture that the Yankees have, especially this year, like, yeah, it just it sucks, and it, that's the thing. Like he's a great fielder. He walks a lot. It it's the the shift and the strikeouts. Like it's just su- it's such a yeah. I don't know. I can't find the words for it, but it's frustrating. Yeah, I'm gonna put and, a ball on it this way. If you go out and get somebody, and you don't win, at least you fucking did something, and you can look yourself in the mirror at the end of the year for the first time in a long time and say I did everything that I could to win a World Series this year. So you know what? That's that's where I'm at. Go out and do something. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But if you don't do anything and you don't win, huge failure. I think that I think that's the bottom line. Yeah, I agree. But I I think with the Gallo, two things. I think one, I know you said you're not going to get a lot back. I really think you're going to get next to nothing back. And I think if that's the case, like you might as well ride it out and hope that he he turns or turns it around and he is a good locker room guy. He's a good fielder. He's got a good arm. So like you could just have him be that guy. And then I, I, it's just wild to me that we were talking about in the game tonight, potentially pinch hitting for him with Marwin because it, you know, IKF was up and then Marwin was 
the only other guy after I because IKF was going to get pinch hit for by Carpenter and he did get pinch hit for him. Uh, but it, let's say Carpenter gets on, the only guy left is Gallo and he was Gallo was up and Marwin was the only bat that we would think would be pinch hit for and it's crazy to say that I would wholeheartedly pinch hit Marwin for Joey Gallo in that spot. If you told me that in in April, I would be or when we got Gallo, we traded for Gallo, I would be like holy shit. Marwin I mean, Gonzalez, I would pinch hit when the game's on the line over Jose Joey Gallo. Trevino. They pinch hit Jose Trevino for him a couple games ago. It's just it's wild. I know, it's just it's crazy. And at at some points it's it's just also kind of sad to me that like you know, we've seen time and time again these players just not work out because the, the, they don't work out with New York for whatever reason. The pinstripes are too heavy. Like, at some points, I would just, like, sometimes I wish we weren't such a big market that, you know, obviously you get the amount of money that we can spend and all that stuff and always be a powerhouse, allegedly. But at some points, like the Sonny Grays of the world, who's having a great year this year again, like Joey Gallo, who had great years in Texas, and now he's just absolutely atrocious with us like at some points i wish we weren't such a big market that it wasn't such a hard thing to a hard thing to come here and perform but i don't know man it's sad but again uh, to put a bow on that i I don't think that he's going to be traded because it's just it's not worth it it's not it's not worth it it's not like to trade him would be just to cut ties and be like oh it's not going to work out that makes no sense because a trade is a trade that you get value for him so we're not going to get any value whatsoever I know, but they're the, okay. And, so that's my Texas point. Has, and Texas has his contract, so like, so there's no point if, to trade if him. You can, if if you can there get is. something for him, you fine. Up a but roster spot for the next outfielder that comes in. I, I just or don't you leave think a lefty that... power bat that can walk and play a good defensive replacement on your bench. But yeah, I don't know. Either way, I, I think we can all agree he's not going to be starting playoff games Hell routinely. No. So can we uh, have our son conversation now? Might as well. With a heavy heart. With a heavy heart. (laughs) With a heavy heart, I have to vote yes. His time's come. We've given him a very, very long leash that's probably not deserved. He's just a likable guy, but there's no I mean, it is deserved. He has, as Rel likes to say, the pedigree But at a certain point. I mean, I, not on the Yankees, he doesn't. That's for damn sure, and that's yeah, it's yeah. sad. Like I said, with a heavy heart, I have to I have to vote yes, and I unfortunately believe that this one's going to be unanimous. Um, Needs to be to get him on the be. Sun. For those tuning in for the first time, uh, there's currently nobody on the Sun. The Sun's a place where you don't want to go. Um, nobody's on the Sun because we brought back Hicks, uh, Gallo. It's going to be yes for me, dog. <laughs> I am looking for any excuse to say no. Uh, the O for what twenty six? O for twenty six with fifteen strikeouts, and it, that's that's what that's, he's currently on right it's, now. If it's anybody else, he's at, he's borderline have like on a Chris Davis Orioles level. Yeah. It's it's okay. crazy, and honestly, that's, that's that's a good comparison because Chris Davis was really good, and. Then this happened. I don't know what happened, but like, I really hope it doesn't come to that. And he, like, Chris Davis didn't get a hit for like a year, 
But, but 60. He was over like 60 something, I think, right? Joey Gallo since coming to the Yankees. 164 batting average, 290 OBP. This is before tonight, so subtract these a little bit. 292 OBP, 372 slugging. That's just the biggest part. He's supposed to be a power hitter and he's slugging under 400 and striking out almost 40% of the time. I, I and he's funny enough. Funny enough, I've seen uh, Brett Gardner's name trending on <laughs> on Twitter today, and somebody compared Brett Gardner's last year with the Yankees in 2021 to currently what Joey Gallo is doing. Uh, this does not include tonight, so these numbers are going to be slightly lower than they are right now because he went over again. Um, Gardner batting average in 2021 222 versus Joey Gallo's 167. Uh, on base, Brett Garner had a 327 versus Gallo's 276. For a guy that's supposed to walk a lot, he's not. Uh, and it's crazy to compare him to Brett Gardner, who is universally, uh, not universally hated, but hated by a lot and kind of was run out of town. Um, then you look at slugging. The slugging is the most wild thing to me because like, the slugging was 362 for Gardner and Gallo had 333. This is a guy who, these are clear different players. One is a a known power hitter. I'm only going to hit home runs and I'm going to strike out. And then there's Brett Gardner, the old man who just, he does, he's not known for hitting home runs and his OPS slugging was higher. Uh, OPS for Brett Gardner, 689 versus Joey Gallo's 609. And Brett Gardner's OPS plus was a 91 versus Gallo's 76. Um, I'm not saying bring Brett Gardner back, which is what people were talking about today in the in the trending section of Twitter, but just crazy to, to compare those two because Brett Gardner is currently chopping down cherry trees, and he would be, if he replicated what he did last year. Ass. He's sitting in the Yankees parking lot. He's making <laughs> BP. It's, isn't it just wild, though? Like, we, we, we were universally, like, a, it... It, do not bring Brett Gardner back, and he had a better year because of the reason that we had Joey Gallo, and now Joey Gallo is doing this, and it's just like, honestly, I do think Brett Gardner would be doing better than Gallo because a lot, a lot of people to, would it's, be. It's hard to do worse. It's almost impossible to do worse. Yeah. Welcome to the sun, buddy. I'm not happy about it. But Damon had an absentee ballot. Damon is uh, he's in... Ocean City, um, and he voted yes as well. So, poor one out for Joey Gallo. I I don't. Th- I hope that he that can get off. Yeah, I hope he can get off. I really the way things are going right now. I I think he will be traded to the Padres. I don't. I really just don't agree. I don't agree whatsoever that he's going to be traded. You want to make a one of your water, water bet? Yeah, that he's on the Yankees come August. Yeah, I, I think there's no reason at I'll all. I'll bet to you an actual. I'll bet you an actual drink on that. All right, deal. We'll bet. It's August third. Wow, a real We're drink. Going to the bar. Murph, do you think? I. Uh, it makes no if, sense if, if to trade. We're, we're actually going to get back like vending machine credit. I. I it's I not even a money that. move. Like you're not even losing money. We nobody's well, paying his contract. They, it's not yeah. even freeing up cap space. It's not like the David Justice type deal where like we're gonna pay him to go to another team because the Texas Rangers 
or paying his contract. Yeah, unless, like, I'm, unless I'm wrong about that. Like, you're I, not. I just said that. I'm like fairly certain that's I know, true. It but is. I guess I haven't confirmed it or anything. But like, yeah, I mean, if you're paying a guy who is A, young, and B, has had a pretty productive career, and you're not paying him anything and he's leaving after the end of the year, leave him on the bench. Have him as a defensive replacement. Ready for this stat? Joey Gallo had a 138 batting average with 32 Ks in June. Gallo is the first player in Yankees history with a sub 150 batting average at 30 Ks in a month. Yeah, I'm not even a little bit surprised. But I guess this is just the <laughs> uh, shit on Joey Gallo stat corner right now. And I guess I'll throw in a little Hicks slander as well. Um, Aaron Hicks and Joey Gallo. This was on after the game on Tuesday. Uh, they were a combined one for their last 45. That's obviously a number that has climbed since. Has Hicks got a hit since? Hicks didn't play tonight. He pinch hit. But I, I'd assume that number is like one for their last. Is the one the home 55. run? The Hicks? one was Hicks, yeah. yeah. Is it one since then or was that the one? That was the one. His three-run homer was the only hit. The only thing that got him off the sun. Yeah. Uh, immediately back to sucking dick. So, and we're and we're sitting here talking about getting another starting pitcher. I mean, sorry. Not no, that, I know, not but that it, Frankie. Not that I don't want Frankie Montas. I don't want. To, I don't mean to bring it back to that, but like, and we don't have to. But like, God damn it, we need an outfielder. We do need an outfielder. Wait, and you know what? Yeah, there are more outfielders that you could fit in there that'll be very good. Whether it doesn't have to be the biggest name outfielder because you could get Montas and someone else that could be better than Gallo and Hicks. Or you could like grab some guy out of the stands and have him play left field and probably do better too. But whatever. Um, before we get into rounding third, I wanted to bring up one crazy thing that I did see on Instagram is that uh, there is a world where Aaron Judge passes Roger Maris's home run record of 61 homers and Shohei Otani still wins MVP, and that makes me really, really upset. Do you think that's the case? You don't want to know my opinion. It's the same thing, and we were talking about this a little bit before. Shohei Otani is an incredible player, and if he keeps doing what he's doing, he will win the MVP, and I'm fine with that because it's historic stuff, but... It doesn't really matter if he keeps doing anything remotely close. So we saw it, to, saw it during his rookie of the year. He wasn't a lights out hitter or pitcher, and he st- and he missed half the season and still won rookie of the year over the guy who broke what is it Lou Gehrig's like doubles record and Miguel Andujar. So I I just think that he's such a unicorn that you know we haven't seen this. We're not going to see it. That he just he has such a media like voter bias towards him already, then yeah, I think, I think as long as Shohei Otani is healthy and doesn't have like a 10 ERA and like one home run, then he's going to win the MVP and he's going to keep winning it. Even if judge hits 62 home runs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at last year, Vladimir Guerrero jr. Deserved that. I mean, but he didn't have 62 home runs. Like 62 is a lot. Like he almost won a triple crown. Vlad jr. Had judges in that camp too. No, he's not. He's, he's not. He's crown. not sniffing Vlad a triple Jr. crown. Junior had one of the best seasons ever last year, and he wasn't even close to winning an MVP. So, I mean, that's it's, what I'm saying. It's not going to happen. Most valuable player, and you have a top ten starting pitcher and a top ten position player in the same guy. He's going to win it 
exactly this isn't me saying he doesn't deserve it by the way i'm just saying that put it just to put it in perspective think about his rookie of the year he's going to win multiple mvps as long as he's healthy that's just what's going to happen and it's fine he probably deserves them because he is that once in a lifetime player but to uh, you're saying there's a world where this happens and it would be wild. It wouldn't shock me one bit. It would not shock me one bit if Judge hit 65 home runs, hit somewhere in the 290 neighborhood, drove in 100-plus, played gold glove center field for 150-plus games, and he doesn't even – he won't even sniff Otani. At this, at this rate, if he goes on does that, Otani will blow him out in MVP voting, and that's just the reality of it. He's that – much of a anomaly from what we're used to and what the baseball world's used to, he's going to get those votes and that's not going to change until there's another player like it. There probably won't be. Not in our There will time. be. Eventually there will be, but we're going to be on episode like 712 by then. Well, he, he he's the kind of player that changes Constantly. the game. I think in my opinion, and there might be some other guys that are two way position players, but not like stick that. with it. No, I agree. I think I think it's because one thing to be- he's showing kids that they can actually stick with a position. Like in high school, they used to tell when we were in high school, they would be like, "If you're that's the first where it started becoming pitchers only. Like you just pitch or you just hit because you know how difficult it is to make it to the MLB while trying to be good at both. You just try to perform, like, perfect your craft at one or the other." Uh, I, I do think yeah, I agree. I think he is changing the game in that respect of like he's doing it. He's obviously a freak of nature, but he's doing it. So, like, it's it opened the crack for people to to try and emulate what he's doing. I mean, you're seeing it just at, at a lower scale with the way people hit and, like, the long ball, the launch angle. Like, it's a trickle down for people that are younger in high school. And, and just every league below is, like, now chicks dig the long ball. Like, you try – everybody at the younger levels are all changing their game because home runs are what get you paid. Like, obviously – Otani is going to win MVPs every single year. Some people are going to try to do that. Like same goes with somebody who was, you know, just like if switch hitting became a much bigger thing, like it's kind of died off a little bit, but that's another thing is like, if there's one guy who is just a ridiculous switch hitter, like that would trickle down to people down below too. And now that the DH is in both leagues, like, you know, you're filling up one roster spot where you have a guy that DH is, six days of the week and pitches on the seventh, whether it's starter or reliever, it's going to happen. But yeah, back to the judge conversation. Yeah. I think he's going to hit. I think he's going to, I another check-in. I think he's going to beat Roger Maris's record. Otani has a leg up too, because he did this professionally before most guys that grew up and played here and they went through college or got drafted out of high school. They're not encouraged to do that. Even when they get into the minors, look at, you know, was it Lorenzen, Hunter Green? Hunter Green was drafted as a outfielder, shortstop, whatever he was. And he was a damn good hitter. He was a damn good position player, but he got there into his first year. He tried to hit, and then they're like, hey, you know what? Let's, you throw 100 miles an hour. Let's not ruin that. So they're not, guys here aren't encouraged to do that. So I think if we do see him again, it's going to be, I think there's a couple other guys that are playing in the KBO and over in Japan. It's a lot of guys overseas. If we see another person like that, it's going to be somebody from over there that kind of just takes the baseball world by storm. Um, And that's not to be a Debbie downer and disagree with you, but I do disagree that he's changing the game. Cause I don't think, 
I mean, you can see with Hunter Green. That's just the perfect example that they they just don't encourage it here. They don't want their they don't want their players to do that. It's weird, because, and, and it is risky. I agree. It is risky. But if but you see, you if, take that because they don't know how it's it going to go. He's he's did it professionally for one year. Had, and no, I'm saying in Japan though he did it for multiple oh, years yeah. in Japan. That's what right. And he proved that he could stay healthy and do it for the course of an entire baseball season. I don't know that, and this is just way off track and nothing to do with the Yankees, but I, it, it's baseball and it, it directly impacts Aaron judge, which is our guy for now. And stop saying that <laughs> just enjoy I, this season too, and stop talking too, about you. I will say this before you're way too confident in it. I'm not, I said yeah. I'm 49% sure he'll be back, but you're saying he's gone. I'm saying 20%. He stays. I think that's so low. It well, only, you're and not I, I'm, I'm you're giving not 49%. He's You're chasing higher. money. He doesn't. He's not taking. I am money. higher than that. He, I, I'm taking, like sixty-seven you know, percent. You know, well, you, you know what? I'm a penny discount to stay here. Yeah, I think here's to. one thing. If we look at the Freddie Freeman situation, and I think that, not that that's going to make too much of a difference, but it could be the same thing, especially if there's a World Series in the mix this year. And obviously, that was Freddie something was with his agent and whatever. Years. It's still he. You know, he's looking at that Freddie Freeman situation, and it is at least something he's thinking about. Not that it's going to blatantly make his decision or be a blatant factor or whatever. It's going to be something to think about. And not that that's going to make him take a lower contract, but he's going to be way more careful about where else he goes. I'm pretty and sure I don't think it's just going to be for the paycheck. If San Francisco does, maybe. If we offered him 350 and San Francisco offered him 350 and one, I think he would take San Francisco. No, nah, I don't think that so. dude's out. He and you know what? I'm not criticizing it by any means. Go get your fucking money, dude. You've earned it. But I, I think he's going to the highest bidder. And I don't think there's any if ands or buts about it. He's not going to pull a DJ LeMahieu where the Blue Jays offered him 20 extra million, but he wanted to be a Yankee. That's not going to happen with him. The only I reason I why I keep saying that I, I'm confident that he's going to come back is because of how big of a blunder it would be if we let him go. Well, and I'm giving I'm giving the Yankees the benefit of the doubt for. Not not the right reasons. Like they shouldn't get my benefit of the doubt because of the way they've handled just everything recently. But I'm I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt because if a man breaks Roger Maris's home run record, which I do believe he's going to do, I, I just I cannot see a world where you don't give him everything. They the Yankees the don't let guys like day. that go. You saw it the other day. The article there. Like, yeah, we just want to reiterate: we are not overpaying for Judge. I just sure. don't. I, just, I, I don't care what the articles one, say. I just can't see it happen. If he literally world, wins the record, he's he's etched in stone forever as having the record, the home run record for the Yankees, right. which has been standing uh, forever. I, I just about the record. The record I know, doesn't matter. I think the record matters. He, no, it doesn't matter. Okay, whatever, man. It doesn't matter whether if he had sixty home runs, you think it'd be like, ah, oh, you know what? Almost, maybe, yeah. You no, but I, I, I even think if he comes no, close, I still, I still agree. The record doesn't matter. Whether if he is MVP, doesn't even matter. If he has a season like he's having, whether there's a record, whether there's an MVP, whether right. there's even a World Series, You're right? It's not going to make that much of a difference. They're still going to offer him, and somebody's still probably going to try to come in and bid higher. No I was what. just saying the record because that would be like the cherry on top is like, how could you let this guy, because right. he's in the record books, how could you, like, I don't see a world where that happens. I also, I, I'm fully just saying his season that he has, regardless, I can't see a world where they let him walk. I just said like, with when his name the in the time, books. When's the last time they let a guy like that walk? 
Can you name one guy? Robbie Cano. And how'd that pan out? <laughs> well, for us. Exactly. Perfect. If it's if it's too much, and the Yankees of all teams aren't willing to go that high, it's probably a good thing. And they're going to do everything they can to get him back, and he means a lot more to this organization right now than Cano did back then, I think. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's so like, that price tag's higher, like but if it's... Chambers. But if it's that astronomical where they see a Cano situation happening elsewhere, then basically my point is if they let him go, then it really is too high. I also think it's not exactly the same as Cano. It is it is to a degree performance-wise because Cano is awesome and, and Judge is awesome. I think another piece of it too is just how marketable he is, how perfect he is with the media, and Cano didn't really do any of that. Like. Judge is very different in that respect. He's he's very much so. He's the heart, the, the captain. captain. He yeah, he's the cap. He's he has the You're captain right. aura. Like that's a difference of of huge difference for the reason why they didn't bring back Cano versus why they would bring back Judge. That's like I, yes, so I, I agree to the not to I, let him go. That's what I. That's why I just, I'm just saying I can't see it. I say 67. percent You've upped my my ante. He's coming back. If they see the highest price that another team's offering, and they think it is even close to worth it. I think they'll offer it. You think if I the agree. Mets, if the Mets go, hey, here's three hundred fifty million. Pick your years. Pick your number. I don't care. You think he's going to come back to the Yankees and say, Steve Cohen offered me this. Here's your chance to match it, or I'm gone. Do you think he gives them that yeah. courtesy? Or that's what that's it? what Freeman tried to do with the with the Braves, and then his agent never told him that they counted. <laughs> that's so. Funny. so I mean, unless they have the same that? agent. Yeah, I mean, if it comes to that, yeah. I, I also don't Why think... Why not? I, I think we're a little bit... I don't know. Because, like, the the scuttlebutt around the league was that they weren't going to... Like, the Steve Cohen openly said, like, oh, I'm not going to pay Judge. Yeah, that was before he's having his historic year. I, I, bet, I bet their tunes have changed since. But I'm just saying... As an example. I know, and I'm just using it as an example as well, just because he said it. He was outspoken about it. I'm just saying that I, I don't think that there's an offer from another team that's going to far outweigh what we could. We, and here's the thing. We can afford all of it. So it's just like, I mean, it, there's no situation. This is, that's it. There's no situation where I think it's a, a good move for him to go. That's, uh, that's separate from what we think is actually going to happen. But I, I'm only saying that once and for all because it would be a, a astronomical mistake. We've talked about that time and time again. Let's move on to rounding third. All right. So before we get into our rounding thirds, I want to tell you guys about an awesome little thing from our new sponsors at Underdog. It's the easiest way to get some action on Major League Baseball. We're all big baseball gambling fans around on the podcast and I know around in our fan base. So it's Underdog Fantasy. Like I said, the pick em game. Just pick over your favorite over or under on your favorite or least favorite player. You know, if you want to bet against a Red Sox guy or Blue Jays guy, whatever. Uh, on their stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile app. Pick between two and five players to fill up your pick slip. Get every pick right. Take home some cold, hard cash. Use code 161. Get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog itself. So, fantastic little promo there. Go do it. Go win some money. That's all I got for you. I just recently Round did it, third. and I... I almost won $1,200, but it did not quite come to fruition. 
Uh, that's more my fault than it is underdog's fault. I did a, a nice little parlay. It's it's actually really fun. It's like parlays with the just like fa- you could do fantasy scores, you could do over unders. It's it's very different from like your FanDuel, your DraftKings, your all like the regular standard gambling money line run line. I took my parlay was over one and a half total bases for Trout. He got that on the first at bat. Um, he had a, he had an RBI double. Uh, then I took over. I had under 91 and a half pitches for Michael Kopech. That was the nail in the coffin for me. And the third piece was under six and a half fantasy points for Luis Robert. I think he was under on that. So if Michael Kopech didn't cuck me, I would have made $1,200. Dude, he gave but up like seven runs. I can't believe he threw that many pitches. Yep. It was just to fuck me. But do you want to get into rounding third? Let's do some rounding thirds. All right, rounding uh, third. What was that, Murphy? Just a little fun tidbit that I just saw. Our good pal uh, Rachel Balkovic got ejected tonight. Nice. Honestly, good for her. I like that. That's cool. Good for her. Um, one rounding third that I wanted to bring to the table before we go to the ones that we asked for you guys to give us on social media was I kind of mentioned it earlier, but I, I think – we really have a chance here, and I think it, it will happen that this trio of Yankees will be the first in Yankees history to do it, to hit 40 home runs apiece. Uh, but the only other teams that have done it in the history of baseball were the 1996 and 1997 Colorado Rockies and the 1947 Braves, was it, Hank Aaron? Nope, 73. 73, that is... <laughs> I flipped it. Not um, even fucking close. Not even fucking close. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but yeah, those are the only three teams that have ever done it. And the Yankees, as they currently sit right now with Aaron Judge having 30 home runs, Rizzo got his 21st tonight, and Stanton has what? 20? 21? Something like that. I think Stanton has 20. The only one that I'm moderately concerned about getting 40 obviously it's, it's it's a tall task to get there from where they are now for sure judge is obviously going to get there we're talking about him potentially getting to the 60 mark um i think stan as long as he's healthy is absolutely going to hit it rizzo is the only question mark and he has 21 right now and the way he's hitting is and with a short porch i think he it's hard to say that he won't i mean he's doing it right now so i don't know man it'd be cool it's obviously a tall task and you've got to replicate a historic first Almost half of the year here, uh, but I think it can be done. That's my rounding third. Do you guys buy it? I buy it. Yeah. But in with that, do you think we also break the Twins record for most of the season? No. Oh, it's shortened season. That was the juice balls. No, that wasn't shortened season. That was in 2019. No. That was the oh, same. Was that was the same year that we were like neck and no, neck with um, them. Yeah, yeah. Um. No, I meant like I forgot the season started late, but they're making up for it. But yeah, anyway, you don't think we break? What was it, three hundred something? No, I haven't looked at where we're at currently, but that was we're the like, juice balls. So I don't, I don't think so. I, I, I again, I haven't looked, so I'll look later. But I, I think it's we could, yeah. I mean, the way that they're swinging that thing, <laughs> why not? One twenty. We have one twenty-seven. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. You need well, like a bunch it? of guys that are going to hit 25. It's like 340. No, it's 307, and the Yankees had 306 that same year. Which is Either way, out. we're not going to hit 
180 home runs in a half a season. Especially but, if we didn't do it in the first half when we're winning this yeah. many games and like 45% of our runs are coming from home runs, maybe more than that. So Interesting part of that, the top that year for the Yankees, the 306, most home runs anybody hit, 38. Guayra. Torres. And they had three... So they have 14 players who had at least 10. Yeah, I think it was just top down. That's we were, we were hitting we were hitting so many and DJ this had year, 26, yeah. Guardi had 28. Yeah, that was wild. This year I think it's you have a lot of people you have you have starters that have zero. IKF has none. You have guys like Gallo who how many does he have? 6, less than 10. Yeah. So you got guys that just are supposed to be doing it that aren't and you have guys that's why I think it's just more top heavy. It's Stanton, Judge, Rizzo. I mean, Glaber's got a, a good amount too, but it's really those guys that are carrying. Trevino's the up there, <laughs> then, but like not really. Um, all right, let's get into the rounding thirds that you guys uh, answer to us on social media. First one comes to us from Matthew Fuller. Not a single Yankee starting pitcher will make the All Star team. Who buying or selling that? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I might buy that. Oh, starting Garrett pitcher. Garrett not going to make the all-star team. Dude, a, I, I don't know. How many make it? How many make it? Seve, Cole, Nestor's going to make it. Just how many funny. How many pitchers make it? I don't know. Because you got to also factor in that every team needs a guy. The Yankees obviously already are going to have guys before that. So and that's irrelevant. Manoa, <laughs> like, right. So McClanahan's going. Manoa's going. Verlander's going. Is, going. Well, if that's your argument, Otani's going need to whether, go either. Manoa's earned it, but Manoa's better it. than Cole right now. All star game wise. No, but I thought your argument was that every team needs a player. That's just irrelevant. No, no, I'm just saying that maybe Cole could get Cole's on that edge where maybe he could get snuffed out by, you know, Dylan Cease, who's also up there. I think it's yeah. eight starting pitchers. Make the Dylan Sace is up there. Well, I don't even know how to say his goddamn name. I'm but like, it. I you think, know, Frankie I think... Montas is Frankie Montas is the only one that's going to make it from from the A's. So whether Cole's better than him or not, there's a spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight starters. One you know, of our guys is going to make it, yeah. and it's probably going to be Cole. Yeah, I, I think it'd be crazy right. if Cole is. If there's it. eight, if there's eight, then probably. But like, it's going to be kind of close. Moving into the another starter conversation, Nestor isn't a starter for the playoffs. From Burn seven two seven two eight eight. I think, it, like you said earlier, it depends on if they get somebody at the deadline, and if they do, if they go out and get Montas or Castillo or whoever else, then no, he's not going to be in the rotation come playoffs. If he does move to the bullpen, like you said earlier, Chandler, it is not because he doesn't deserve to be in the it's starting rotation. It's because he's the one. He's the one that can adapt to the bullpen and spot. I actually think it, he's going to end up in the bullpen anyway, even if we don't, because you got to figure the the rotation shrinks come playoff time, and he is such a valuable piece in that bullpen being able to come in and the second of a mop-up job, he's able to come in in the eighth and lock it down. He's able to come in and give you four, five, six, whatever you need. That's like I said, again, not a demotion whatsoever, but I think he fits that role too well for the playoffs. I, that's what yeah. I think is going to end up. Happening. And if you don't want to give Cole three days rest and have him go back out, then you can have Nestor open up a bullpen game for four innings and then turn around and throw two the next or the night after so, exactly. or two nights after. From Andrew W. Rakitsis. I can't pronounce your name. Sorry about that, Andrew. But keep Andujar DFA Gallo. Meaning DFA Gallo and bring up Andujar. 
I don't yeah, think they're going to see happen. Gallo. You can trade him for something, but I would love to see Andujar getting regular bats. You know how I feel about that. I would rather see Andujar right now come up for the rest of the year. And I don't, I don't, I don't think it's even close. Mean. Yeah, no, I don't think it's even close. I think and Andujar adds a wrinkle to this team that is not really what we have right now. It's somebody that can just put the ball in play, and Gallo does quite literally the opposite of that. Yeah. And he's not even hitting home runs, so... Listen, if we could trade Gallo and Hicks for anybody who can pick up a baseball bat they and bring Andujar up, I'd be happy, but it's not going to happen. Do you think that there it needs to be a trade in order to have Andujar up here? Like, do you think Gallo, the only way that Andujar is playing baseball for the Yankees is if, if Gallo is traded? This year, I yeah. I don't think that Andujar is going to be a Yankee for much longer. I think they'll honor his request and trade him. Imagine they trade him with Gallo. Yeah, maybe honestly, he he might be like circle him as one of the people that they'll trade for. I'm not Gallo. Gallo literally means nothing. Maybe they will just throw that in just for no reason. I don't know why, but I think if you're circling prospects that are potentially going to be traded this offseason, as we've mentioned at the top of the show, that we should be pushing all the chips in. I think Andrew Hart did show a little enough that that built up a little bit of his value again this year. Again, I don't. I don't want people to think that Andujar is the Andujar prospect of old. Like we're not going to get as much as you think out of Andujar, but if he doesn't have a place here, he's requested to be traded. I think he is probably one of the the first people that I would think would be traded this this yeah, deadline. Yeah, he demanded a trade. <laughs> well, well, no, yeah, I know, also, but that doesn't matter. They won't. They haven't done it before. They didn't no, honor no. his last request. He's not so much gaining trade value by being up he's just losing less he's also every like year he 400 in triple a yeah he's but no matter how well he does he's not the prospect anymore he's no, a triple a guy that's 27 and no matter how good you are at 27 in triple a you're we talked about this down. at length before but i really think that if he goes when he goes it's going to be something like luke void a very boomer bust prospect low yeah. young guy and see what happens i'm with you I really want him to be up. Like, do you think if he doesn't get traded, will he make the forty man? He's on the forty man. I mean, I mean, will you? I meant more so. Will he be playing in playoff games? He'll play a little bit in September, maybe when they expanded roster. That's seven, what I meant. Yeah, he won't. He won't maybe. play playoff games if they don't trade or whatever for Gallo, or if they don't trade Gallo or anything like that. Then he won't be on the playoff roster just because. What do you do? You you're not just going to cut Gallo, so. Despite what fans want, and you know, you say he's worthless, whatever, you're not going to cut Gallo. It's just not realistic. Maybe some team will take a chance on him and they will. give up he's basically get, nothing, Gallo's and the Yankees will trade. take it. You think I'm, so? I'm very, very confident. Sim- yeah, the reason that the only reason I think that he could get traded is because we don't owe him money. But yeah, we talked enough about him. R. Marsh 11 said Bird gets called up late and hits 10 homers. <laughs> God, if it no, because if he does, that means something went very wrong with this season with Rizzo. Yeah, if Rizzo gets hurt for like two weeks, and somehow that happens, I even if it's two weeks, DJ will play first. I don't. Yeah, I don't think he has a spot now that like even Carpenter is up. Like that Carpenter's spot is, for all intensive purposes, I think locked in. Like I like having Carpenter on this team, so. Did you say intensive yeah, purposes? Yeah. Like wonder wonder kid, intensive it's intense and purposes. 
Whatever, man. I mean, we're we're a grammar podcast now, so I just want Carpenter to... is on the team. He's here to stay. Agreed. He plays with the gum and has a cool mustache. Sanchez was better than Gallo. No. Mm-hmm. At least Gallo can play defense. Aaron Hicks becomes a key part of our little run for uh-huh. a title. Nope. Aaron Judge signs an extension during or after the All-Star break. Nope. Use J.P. Sears to go out and get a, th- a solid third outfielder instead of rotating Hicks and Gallo. That's, Not just, gonna... but that's just recency bias because he's done a good job in those last two starts. You're not going to go use Sears to do that. That's gonna it's not going to be enough. No. Uh, this is from Aiden, our pal Aiden. IDK, if this is a hot take, but I'm very scared about the offense against the Strohs in an ALCS. I'm scared of the Astros. I'm scared of the Astros. They kick our ass. It's just the bottom line they have for years now. It's going to be, I don't know. I'm nervous. Maybe it'll be like the, uh, I'm not very good with basketball history. I just watched the last dance. Um, So like, (laughs) is it like Pistons bulls when they finally like knocked them off or something like that? Isaiah Thomas and MJ. Maybe, maybe that'll be it. I don't know. I'm, substantially more scared of the Astros than I am of any other team in the AL or the NL. I'm more scared yeah. of them than the Dodgers. I'm more scared of them than Toronto. I'm more scared of them than the Rays. Anybody. Like, they're, yeah. Really? They're, 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 yeah. they're my most feared team in baseball. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, hopefully Jordan Alvarez is alright for his health purposes, but not for the Yankees. Run. He's fine. He was available off the bench. So. I'm okay. scared of him more than I think any player in baseball. He, yeah, I think so. so too. How about this for my rounding third? That Jordan Alvarez. By the time, by the time he's done, we're gonna look at him in a light like we did, like Miguel Cabrera is just one of the best pure hitters of our. Generation. And we're let me do you one better, David Ortiz, because we're also gonna be terrified of him and hate him. Yeah. Because he's yeah. so goddamn good. Yeah, I'm confident in saying that too. Like he's he's a, he's my like just picture it, regardless of like stats and everything, which he, he checks the boxes in the sets too. If he steps in the box in a playoff game with the game on the line, who are you most scared of in that spot? If if Jordan Alvarez steps in the box, I am there's nobody I'm more scared of than him. He also just turned twenty five. So like That's yeah. so crazy. And he's a DH. He's you know who else I'm I'm equally not equally scared of, but like also very scared of that's young. Bregman. Devers. Devers. Oh, I'm if, not if, scared of Bregman. No, if Devers steps into box, I'm, I'm mortified. Yeah, Devers is good. I yeah. thought we were sticking with the Astros trend and Bregman's second on my list. No, not Bregman. Bregman. He seems to show up against the Yankees. Dude, Devers is fucking tearing the cover off. Devers the is delicious. Right he might win the MVP. <laughs> what did you that's say? That's not the right word. <laughs> what did you say? He said Devers is delicious. <laughs> it's getting late here. Oh, my God. I'm um, keeping that in there. Yeah, go ahead. That's not. I don't like that at all. Last couple. Me neither. uh, From Vic Wavy, Gallo actually gets worse than he is right now. It quite literally isn't possible. No. No, the only way he would get worse than he is right now is that he would be. He's literally over his last twenty six with fifteen strikeouts. He would need to have of those twenty six, twenty six strikeouts to be worse. Like at that point, he's using like a tennis racket with no. No netting. I don't know. I'm, it is that's getting laid out analogy. here. Yeah, that's almost as bad as delicious. 
That, that was I, ridiculous. That's the word I was trying to say was ridiculous. Yeah, it's getting late. It's time to wrap this one up. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, as always, if you can give us a five-star review on iTunes, that'd be sweet. If not, cool. Um, go subscribe to the YouTube. Uh, Bronx Pinstripes, that's the YouTube. Um, go download the Underdog app. Go join the Chalkboard group chat. All the links are in the description. And uh, yeah, go Yanks. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.